Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas and at least one good story. Episode 108, The Sound of Rain, Chicago, where Christopher lived in a van. The great nonfiction writer John McPhee urged, have the courage to digress. Can you describe what you look like for the people listening? Oh man, I'm a tall, slender fella, dark hair, beard, 39 years old. Very good. And uh, the second question, can you describe where we are right now? We're in my apartment in the Edgewater neighborhood of Chicago, north side of Chicago. And uh, if someone were to walk around the neighborhood, what would they see like? Oh, neat old homes. Uh, Right now it's the spring, so everything's blooming and everything's green, finally after having months and months of gross, dead-looking everything. (laughs) But it's a great old neighborhood. It's uh, on the verge of becoming a historic neighborhood. I just read this week, so... um, in the Chicago area, so just neat old homes, neat yeah. stuff. It's it, neat old neighborhood. And this is new for you, we should say, for the listeners, mm-hmm. because can you explain how you ended up here? Yeah, um, about a little over a year ago, I had the. Uh, let me back that up even more. I for years I've obsessed and um, dreamt about living in a van, <clears throat> converting a van to be a home, and all that good that can come with that. So um, about a year ago, I bought a van, spent many months converting it to be a home, solar power, all that stuff, um, to make it a comfortable home, not just an empty van with a mattress. And um, anyway, so I lived in that for seven to eight months, and that has recently ended, so now I'm back here in an apartment. So I have to ask right away, was that the planned amount of time? No, I did think it would last longer. Um, it did end a little sooner than I had originally envisioned, but I told myself at the beginning, if it ever gets too difficult, or if it ever, if something happens, or if I think it's not, I've always said if it stops being fun, yeah, I'll just stop doing it. I'll get another apartment, no big deal. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened. So, so we'll leave that for towards the end. That sounds like an interesting story how that happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to dig in a little more. Um, why? What's, what appealed to you about this life? If you Google van life, hashtag van life, <laughs> or if you go on Instagram and search the hashtag van life, it's very much a cool thing that young people do, and it's very romanticized, and the photos are always gorgeous and beautiful of these exotic places and the freedom that can come with it. And that appealed to me in many sense, in every sense of the word. And so that's what drew me to it and then I also wanted to challenge myself to see if I could actually build it yeah and so that was another uh, challenge and that I met and um, I also you know also too of course there was to be financial gain as well <laughs> you're living in a van you're not paying rent all of all of those things now the financial part never really truly happened the benefits of that mm because of different things. What do you mean, like... Uh, Unexpected repairs. Uh, yeah. That That's really mostly it. And um, it's very expensive repairs. 
so those financial benefits and gains never truly happen for me. It probably does for most who do this. Yeah. But for me, it never. I never was able to reach that positive part of the of the adventure. Yeah. And what about the travel appealed to you? Has travel played a large role in your life or your? We when I was a kid, yeah, we always traveled and went south for summers and to visit family on the east coast. So I love traveling and the idea of with the van eventually going on road trips or the appeal of maybe one day just saying screw it and quit the job and just go I mean all of that was part of what was so cool in theory to it um, but I never truly really got to travel with the van but mm -hmm. as a kid yeah man we traveled all over the place even as a teenager and once we could drive and we've been all over the place so I love that I love a good old-fashioned road, road trip and I'm a little bummed that I never got to that level with the van. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's the farthest you took it? Jessica and I, my good friend Jessica, when we drove to North Carolina to get the high top top put on the van. Okay. We drove it to North Carolina uh, to a place that manufactured the high top top, and then they also install it. So yeah, and that was even before the the build began. So yeah, that was still an empty cargo van at that point. But so once once I lived in the van, the farthest I ever really went was probably to St. Louis and back okay. a couple times to visit family and show people uh, and friends who lived there the van and the completed state of it all. Well, let's talk about the van. And uh, she's named Vanna, right? Her name is Vanna. How do you spell Vanna? Does it have two N's? Nope, it's V-A-N-A. -A. Okay. Her, her, yeah, her Instagram name is Vanna underscore Van Life. <laughs> and she has she is named after um, and my Instagram says this, but she's named after my muse Lana Del Rey. So her name is Vanna Del Rey. But she's named after my muse uh, Lana Del Rey after her. That's great. <laughs> I came with that I came up with that all by myself. I'm pretty proud of that. Because I had been thinking for weeks and months about what I would name the silly thing. Yeah. And because most people who do this have silly names for their bands like Vanna White. Yeah. That was already taken. Uh, so That's Va great. Vanna Del Rey is her full given name. <laughs> so what is her character like? <laughs> she has an attitude problem lately. She really does. But she was good. She was good. She had a very nice demeanor for a long time. She was very good to me. And we never had any issues until the end there. And even after spending a lot of money on some of those issues, um, she she still has an attitude. So, but yeah. And uh, just for people listening, what should they picture? I mean, there's several different types of vans, not that many, but what type of van is she? She's a Chevrolet Express cargo van. Um, white, just like any work contractor type cargo van that you might see, that you see probably 10 times a day on the road. Um, but the only difference is with her is that she's since had her roof taken off and had a high top roof put on, so she's very tall. Mm. <laughs> and um, when I first got it put on, I was, the first time we, we, we got it put on, we had to drive back to Illinois, Jessica and I, and we had to go through a tunnel. You know how they had tunnels that go to the mountains? And I just knew that top was gonna come off because it was, you're not used to driving something so big. But, so she looks a little goofy. She's not the most attractive thing, and, um, but she's very tall. Yeah. Uh, how did you find her? I found, I, months and months and months and months, if not a year of dreaming <laughs> and looking and looking and looking online 
I finally found, and I had all these parameters that I wanted to meet. Of I knew what kind of van I wanted, I knew what kind of mileage I wanted it to have, I knew the engine I wanted, I knew everything. And um, so after months and months of looking, I finally found one uh, who matched all that criteria, and it was in Cleveland, Ohio. So I flew to Cleveland one way and then drove it back. Wow, wow. I have friends who live there in Cleveland too, so I was able to visit and um, hang out for a day and then drive it back. And, uh, I mean, was there any adjustment for you to driving a van? Like, mm -mm. Uh, No, the van itself was fine. It wasn't until I had the high top put on that yeah. adjustments then needed to be made of paying attention to heights of bridges and things. <laughs> and here in Chicago, with the trains everywhere, the L trains, the elevated trains, it's like some of them seem very low. So yeah. <laughs> once I got past that, um, uh, it was fine. <laughs> So you mentioned that you wanted to challenge yourself to build it. What is it? Like, how do you make a van into a home? What does that mean? Well, in all kinds of learning and searching and trying to become familiar with people who've done this, and all kinds of people have YouTube videos of tutorials of how they did this, what they would do different. It's very much a community. I don't know if people understand that, but... So there's all kinds of resources out there, especially on YouTube, of people who have converted vans to be homes. Even if just for full-time living or even just for weekend trips and camping. Um, but mine, you know, it, it's, it's got a sink, it's got a, a, cab sink. a cabinet, a sink, a faucet, a water container that carries fresh water, and then another one that the water drains into in the sink. It has solar power on the roof which charges a battery that's underneath the sink. Um, it has a vent in the ceiling uh, with a fan that is also ran by the solar. That it, It's like an exhaust fan to keep air moving and to keep it from not getting too hot. But And it's also covered in wood. It's covered in pine, uh, tongue, groove wood. It's, it looks like a little log cabin is what I've always said inside of it. It's quite, it's quite handsome. Yeah. And that, that was, that's kind of what I wanted it to look like. I, I kind of wanted it to be a rustic, masculine, wood-clad interior, and it, it worked. Not many people <clears throat> get the opportunity to actually design their space completely like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that must have been very gratifying. It was cool, and I, I loved the process of, of working on it all those months. Um, it was last summer, so I, when I did that, and it was very much ex exciting. I spent every weekend in a Lowe's parking lot. I, I did almost all the converting in a Lowe's parking lot, because um, well, at the time I was still living in my other apartment, and I, you know, in Chicago I don't have a driveway, and there's no place to really park it in the city to work on it like that. So I would drive to a very close suburb, and where there was Lowe's, and it was also convenient because everything I needed was right there. That's great. So I would just buy the stuff, go out to the van in the very back of the parking lot and work on it there. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I'm most interested to ask about, you know, the unusual places that the van took you mm -hmm. where you may not have spent time otherwise, like the parking lot of the Lowe's. Mm -hmm. So like there, did you attract attention? Did people talk to you about it? Not once. Not, not once. once. I was always parked in the back. Um, furthest away from the store, yeah. but it stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm surprised nobody ever came over and said, what are you doing? Or You'd think someone you, would be like, that's so cool. 
you know, like I was all, yeah, but I was always more worried of you can't do that here. Of course, well, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny too because I would always park in the same spot, and I I got to know the workers' cars because some of the workers <laughs> would park near the back. So sometimes I would I would always see that one guy come for his shift and then leave when his shift was over, and I got to know the employees' cars a little bit. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and were you crafty before, or you, you could handle? I think so. I, and that kind of thing? I've never done carpentry or anything like that, but I'm I'm a very crafty person. Um, but nothing to this level. Mm. But I knew I could. I knew I could. It was I, I wanted to challenge myself, but I, I I knew I could figure it out, especially with the help of all those online tutorials. Of um, course, yeah. you know, bet between what I knew I could do and stuff that would be a challenge. It was, it was. The challenge that I wanted, and it worked out. It worked out. Did you do any tutorials yourself? Mm -mm. No. That's a whole thing. That's yeah. hard. That's a lot of work that goes into people who make those. I love the people who do. Yeah. <laughs> and they were very beneficial to me, but I never did make any tutorials of my build uh, and things that I've learned. But I did try to document the entire thing for my Instagram. So certain people, if they search or look at my Instagram, they can see the process from beginning to its current state. Mm -hmm. um, so of what it was like and then how it went. So so hopefully maybe my Instagram might be beneficial to folks who are maybe going to do this. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So uh, when did you decide to make the take the plunge? Uh, or how did you... When did you know it was ready? What was the... To move into? Yeah, like... <clears throat> um, that was the whole thing too, because I had to put in my notice at my apartment, and then, you know, all the entire time I was purging, purging, purging everything in my apartment. Well, that that seems like a great benefit. Of doing that's this. that's the other benefit. I wanted to see. I forgot that I, I wanted to see what I could live without. Yeah. And I, I'm. Yeah. This apartment, this new apartment that we're in now, is very barren, and most of my apartments have looked similar to this. I don't like to accumulate a lot of things. But going into a van, even if you don't have a lot of stuff, you still have a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I still had to purge everything, damn near everything. So what was the easiest thing to get rid of? It was all easy. <laughs> the hardest thing to get rid of was clothes. I will say that. Yeah. Clothes and shoes, because um, you know I work a nine to five job, an office gig, and you still have to look somewhat presentable. Yeah. And it's not like I can wear t-shirts to work, so. I still had to have all those sort of daytime nine to five outfits, uh, somewhat ready. Yeah. So the clothes and shoes were the hardest thing to get rid of. Well, uh, we'll come back to the question of when you took the plunge. Yes. But this raises another question. So you were continuing working through the whole process. I still kept my entire nine to five, the entire build process, and then the entire time I lived in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's logistical questions I'm sure everyone's curious about. Mm -hmm. How did you bathe? How did you um, leave yourself? <laughs> I, that's usually the first question, so yours was the second question there. But um, <laughs> as far as the showering, I still showered every single day between my gym membership that I have and my office, which has showers, uh, which was probably where I showered most. Also, too, I have very early hours at my office. I'm the first one there every day. Mm -hmm. I get there at 6, I start at 6.30, so I would get there about 30 minutes early every day, shower in one of the three showers that my office has, and um, just, I don't 
Yeah, just do it right before work. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if I didn't have time, if I was running late, I would just do it in the evening at the gym. Mm, yeah. So the shower was never an issue. I would, I had a little, you know, like a travel bag of essentials in my backpack all the time that I always have. And then I would, I would wear what I was going to wear into the office, mm -hmm. shower, and then just put that right back on. That's crazy. It was never an issue. The showering was never an issue. Now the, the you know the relieving yourself that was never an issue either. It's much easier when you're a guy, um, but when you're in the van, you know that was a concern. But I, I did have an emergency set up as far as midnight emergencies, and thank goodness that never happened. Because so, I don't. Some people who do this have portable toilets or sure. composting toilets. Right. I didn't have room for something like that, so I did have an emergency set up that never needed to happen. So um, it was never an issue, really. That's great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's jump back to when you took the plunge. Yes. So after purging, 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 and working on the van every night, uh, and then most weekends, I finally realized this thing is damn near ready. I don't think I have anything left to do. So I had gotten rid of everything, uh, the f furniture, and um, I used a lot of milk crates, you know, those plastic square milk crates um, for storage in the van. So I started just taking those into the van one by one, filling it up with different things, like one crate for this, one crate for that, one crate for this. And um, I told my landlord I'm going to be out in about 30 days and kind of timed it all right. and. Before I got rid of the apartment too, I wanted to do a few trial runs Yeah. Uh, in the van overnight, parked somewhere to make sure I wasn't in completely insane and that I still wanted to do it. Yeah. And that was all good, so yeah, it was just finally all the time it worked out at all, came to a head and it just happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and it, was, it was November 1st. It was Halloween weekend really, so oh, that man. was, I know, so that was that was it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you started as winter was as winter was starting. Yes, I I spent the entire winter in that thing. So which added an extra challenge, you yeah. know, just well, staying did, warm. How did heating work? I mean, um, I had a portable propane heater heater that was intended for camping and used inside. Of, it's for use inside of tents, and so I knew it was safe to use indoors. You're still supposed to have it vented, which I never really did, uh, but it has an oxygen, it had an oxygen sen sensor and I had a carbon monoxide detector, so um, it kept it very warm. It was never an issue. And then when I was sleeping, I, I did splurge on a very nice sleeping bag, which was rated to a very cold degree. Yeah. And um, so when I was in bed sleeping, I was comfortable as can be. That was never an issue, um, but it did get cold sometimes. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I mean, in Chicago, like, Chicago winter, I was like, oh my god, I nice. jumped in the deep end here. <laughs> but I knew that would happen, and it did, and it all worked out. So, what about the first night? How did you feel? Walk me through that. It was exciting. <laughs> I, 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 a lot of effort and money and time went into the whole thing. So I was just thrilled to finally be in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to I was, hear. I was but thrilled. You yeah. didn't have any, any second thoughts that night? Not, not at all. That's I awesome. was so thrilled to finally have that apartment empty and clean and get rid of those keys. Because like I said, it had just all come to, the, come to that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was exciting. I loved it. Um, so I guess my other 
big question is, um, was it stressful finding a place every night to go? Or I guess you probably found places that you were comfortable at. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how did those logistics work? It was stressful at the very beginning because I wanted to stay in the city mm. and stay relatively close because, you know, I still had to get up for work every day and go to the train to take the train downtown to go to work. Um, so it was stressful in the beginning, and I, I did have a few spots that I liked to park at night, but I slept, and then I, and then eventually that didn't, I didn't feel comfortable in those spots anymore, so then I started to park out by that Lowe's again, which was in that very close suburb, mm -hmm. and I would sleep there. I felt, never once felt unsafe or weird in those spots, so that's where I spent most of the time sleeping. Mm. In the other spots... What made you feel unsafe? I just, I was in the city and it wasn't far from here actually. And um, it was just, I think it stood out more and I think people began to, uh, maybe I'm just paranoid, but I think I was, I think people were, there was a business right by where I was, a, a tow truck business. And I, I'm, I know. That, you're, yeah, you're mortal enemy. <laughs> exactly. So that is, I, I'm pretty sure they spotted me. And, <laughs> Sometimes, twice, when, at the very beginning, twice when I was getting ready for bed, I could hear those giant tow trucks with their big engines <laughs> park right next to me. I could hear them out there, and I was like, what is that? What are they doing out there? Oh, my God. So after that, and not the fact that it was just a tow truck who could tow me away, but any car that was parked right close to me of course. that I could hear running, I was like, oh, no, who's out there? What is that? So that's why I ended up going back out to that close suburb to yeah. sleep. Well, is it illegal at all? Like, it's not legal. It is yeah. illegal. You're, um, it varies on city to city or state to state, but it is illegal in Chicago to sleep in cars. Really? To Or to dwell in cars, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's not legal, but a lot of people do it anyway, and you just try not to draw attention to yourself. It's You try to do it as stealthy as possible mm -hmm. like I never you know if you saw the van out on the road I don't think you're going to drive by and think somebody lives in there <laughs> right. I think and that's what I intended I, I didn't want it to ever stand out like that you didn't uh, paint some hashtag van life no. on the side but people do people do and I've seen them and I've taken photos of them they're on my Instagram and I'm like that's just asking for trouble so I never I wanted it to be as stealthy as possible and I always just wanted it to look like a contractor's work van yeah and it, it does so I never had anybody knock on the window. Yeah. I never had anybody ask, what are you doing? What are you doing in there? Nothing like that ever happened, thank God. Because that was, getting a knock on the window or on the side of the van when I was in it, that was one of my big fears. I was yeah. like, and then how do you explain yourself? Of course. Like yeah. open the doors and the last thing they're going to expect to see is uh, inside a log cabin. So, um, yeah, so that never happened. That never happened. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have been just like a ticket, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did get a ticket one time. Really? And which is funny because I was in it sleeping and nobody knew. They put the ticket on the windshield. Oh, I forgot man. about that. Wow. I was in that close suburb and I, I, I was asleep and I, I thought I heard something like a car door close, and it turns out it that's the, what it was. It was that meter maids or whoever's car door closing really close to the van. And I got up and I was getting ready and I woke up and I got dressed and I hopped in the front seat to go do whatever I was doing that day. 
and I had a ticket and I was like, oh my God, they ticketed me and they had no idea I was even in here. So <laughs> just goes to show. Well, what was the ticket for? You're not, I wasn't supposed to, oh, oh, I have, I have the windows covered in the van because yeah. it has windows and you're not supposed to, you can't park vans on that street or in that town with windows covered. What? I know. So okay. it was like a $50 ticket I paid or whatever. Huh. And um, I did park there a lot afterwards, <laughs> but <laughs> I, was, I paid attention to the time yeah. of when it said you could and couldn't do it. So, um, yeah. Well, let's pick up again with, what do I want to ask? Well, what are some good stories from your time in the van? Um, uh, I learned a lot about myself. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. I learned a lot about myself, and uh, those. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm proud of the challenges that I set out. I know I already said this, but those challenges that I set out to do, like I completed them, which is nice. And not you don't always. Not everybody gets to. Uh, you know, it's just goals. Goals that. Maybe a lot of people make, and uh, sometimes they don't always happen. But all the goals and challenges that I set for myself with this process, I was able to complete. Yeah. So that that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, did the experience change you? Mm, I don't think so. I think it confirmed that I I still don't you know like I don't like to have a lot of things. I like the challenges of going without or just keeping it minimal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it really changed me. I don't think so. So the intentionality, that kind of thing, like I, I'm curious, you know, it, it creates a whole new set of behaviors when you change your mode of living like that. Mm -hmm. And that can linger, you know. Um, but maybe that was there before, maybe that's you. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, anything that is lingering from my time in the van I think is gone. I, coming back to apartment living like where we're at right now, I, I, it, that was effortless. Yeah. That was effortless. Um, it was more of a challenge, but of course, probably going into the van. Of course. But coming out of it back to an apartment, that was effortless. Um, what, what was your overriding feeling your first night in the apartment or after the van? It was, I, I was excited. I, I was able to relax and like... I, I didn't realize this at the time, but when I was still in the van every single day, living, I didn't realize that I was like, I was on edge. I yeah. was on edge. It, I was always that worry, like I told you earlier, of the potential knock on the glass or the side of the van, or just the questions, or getting found out, <laughs> or having to explain <laughs> this to somebody else who not is always understanding, you know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you how many people I've told what I was doing, and their reaction was, <laughs> one of them was, so you're homeless. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think of it like that, this is a choice, a long choice. And then somebody else one time said, when I told them what I was doing, she's like, so, were you forced into this? <laughs> She said it just like that. And I was like, no, this was a long process that I came to. And um, so to having to explain that to people over and over, yeah. some people are receptive to it and think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody's that way. They think you lost your job and you had to move into a van or they don't know about the community that is out there of people who do this. Yeah. Maybe so. 
Are, are you a bit of a, an evangelist? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was before, and I think I will continue. I still am pro-van life, and um, I still look at vans, and I think to myself, look at that one, look at that one, and I still spot them a mile away. Yeah, um, oh yeah, you must be so sensitive to I vans now. I am. Oh, and that's the other thing. When I would stay in that, because I, I oftentimes stayed in that suburb, Yeah. Um, I would oftentimes have to cut through a Walmart parking lot to go to where I like to park. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you at least, and then I, I would do that every day, every night. I would go to the same spot to park and I would cut through the same way. And you become familiar with cars in that parking lot. And at one point I, I counted, and I'm positive of this, that six people were doing this, mm-hmm. living in their either cars or vans. Wow. Um, I don't know if their situations were the same as mine, who, if this was a choice and something I wanted to do, or if maybe these people were forced into that. But it did make me much more aware of uh, people who do this regardless of the, the need or yeah. want to do it. Yeah. So I still, I, can, I, can, I think I have an extra sense for seeing that now. Did you, did this experience bring you closer to any people? Like, did you meet people through this? Like other van lifers? Or? I met, I only met a handful <clears throat> of people and, um, who do this. And one of them was in person. Mm-hmm. I was at a Home Depot parking lot that day <laughs> and I had to run in there to get something. I wasn't working on the van that day. I just had to go in there to get something. And I saw a guy working on his van in the very back of the parking lot and yeah. his dog was on a leash tied up. And after I came out, I walked up to him and he had the doors open and working on his van and it was wonderful, it was gorgeous. And I was like, hi, is that your van? And I was like, that's my van over there. (laughs) And we exchanged Instagrams and he looked at my van, I looked at his, and his was top notch, it was gorgeous. (laughs) It was neat. And and I see him on his Instagram now, he's traveling the country and he's doing this and doing that. I'm like, oh, you jerk, (laughs) mine broke down. but so I met one person that way, which was nice to meet somebody yeah. who does that. And, you know, that's not from, you didn't meet them online or whatever. Yeah. And then another person I met on Instagram. And then when I was in Florida on vacation, I met up and saw him. Yeah. Uh, and met him and we went out for drinks and I got to see his van. Yeah. Because mine was still up here. But so I met a handful of people who do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at the very beginning, you mentioned that at a certain point, it was no longer fun. I said I would stop if it stopped being fun. Right. And so, is that what happened? Like, well, the unexpected repairs, that's not fun. You know, that cost a fortune, that's not fun. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, how much money, how much more money am I going to spend on this yeah. aging van? Um, so, I got to that level. I got to that point. I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. This, it's like, I, I, I don't know. If, if the van was newer or in better shape and I didn't have to do all these repairs, I would still be in the van. But it, those sort of things all came together and made me make the decision to eh, stop. Yeah, yeah. So and that's what I said at the very beginning, if that's what happens, that's what I'll do and here we are Yeah. in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so let's end on a high note. What, what was your best memory from the whole experience? Um, Oh, the, it's, this is a silly memory, but um, the only road trip we got to go on, which was <laughs> at the very beginning of the van, that was, was before it was even, it was still a cargo van, 
but going to North Carolina with Jessica because that's really the only road trip I ever went on. Yeah. It's because St. Louis doesn't count. <laughs> that's where I'm from. But um, so that was one of them, and then also too sleeping in it when it was raining. That was just the sound and the noise. You know what I mean? It was the most wonderful, blissful sleep and sound that you ever heard. So that was nice. That's beautiful. I like those things. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christopher, for taking the time to reflect on your experience with me. You're an inspiration. Everyone should go follow his Instagram account, shyguy79. That's C-H-I-G-U-Y 79 for beautiful pictures of one of the best cities in the entire world. Thank you also to Dana Boulay for the music. I want to also let you guys know about a charity that my brother and his wife started. It's called Weston's Fund. You can donate there to help relieve the medical costs of families who lose children to stillbirth or miscarriage. Help free them to focus on grieving. Go to westonsfund.org to donate. That's w-e-s-t-i-n-s-f-u-n-d dot o-r-g westonsfund.org and thanks for listening i hope listening like this evaporates borders <laughs>